Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on, man? We got a lot to discuss for the weekly recap this week. So, should we dive into the equipment upgrade or should we dive into the weekly recap of our story that we've shared in my basement renovation? <laughs> well, uh, let's start with the equipment recap just so people can understand if the audio quality is bad, they know why. Yeah. So, we did a thing, and it's because we needed to, um, but we got a new piece of equipment. It's our Christmas gift to the podcast. So we actually found a piece of equipment that was priced extraordinarily well for the amount of things that it does, but this will allow us to bring in new microphones, um, additional guests, different levels that we can fluctuate, enhance our audio quality. The thing is... We have not had a lot of time with the new piece of equipment before today's episode, um, obviously because we still work full time. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be some learning curves. There's basically it's a brick and we don't know anything about it. (laughs) So once we start doing more research and diving into it, then we'll learn and we'll dial this thing in. But it's exciting for sure. It is. I, I don't know anything about anything. That's really my life motto and that's how I go about like the rest of my life. Cheers. So I, I mean, I think that it's going to be something that will be beneficial because like you said, we really needed something to expand because we're doing so many interviews. We are doing an insane amount of interviews and the two inputs that we had before weren't cutting it for us. No. So, and the reason why is then the people like our guests would be sharing inputs, which then we couldn't dial in each person correctly so we just wanted to upgrade to get something to be able to take on the interviews, not have to take the laptop, and then also to be able to dial in each person's voice a little bit better. That way, everyone can be heard instead of just you and I because we're so used to our voice. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, I'm excited. I don't think that there's any cons to it in the long run, just the learning curve. But, I mean, that's a con I'm willing to take if it means that we have better audio quality in the future. So uh, let us know what you think. Leave a comment down below. Um, Do you notice a difference at all? Is it not noticeable? Are you, do you not care? Do you want us to stop recording? I mean, I don't don't really know know what else you can put in there. Or you can just put in, got it, loved it, bro. Uh, I guess that works too. But while you're at it and you're leaving a comment, please make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like we were talking about, we have a ton of content coming up. A lot of interviews from various different businesses, ranging from cake pops up to, a learning spot and dietitians and everything. So we have a ton of stuff coming up uh, that we're just going to be very excited to keep putting out content for you guys. Yeah, man. And this is going to help us with that journey. So we will, uh, hopefully everything goes pretty smooth. So Mike, how was your week? 
Busy man. Yeah. Yeah. So picked up some furniture for the basement and wanted to go over it. So you helped pick up the furniture with me, threw it in the back of my truck, and you assisted with moving it downstairs. So thank you again. Appreciate it. Yeah. So what did you, what was your idea behind getting new furniture? Like what, what did you need to, did you, were you replacing old furniture or was it just to furnish a new, new spot? Yeah, it was furnishing a new spot. There was nothing down there. So we needed to generate seats for people. Um, so we picked up a sectional and a love seat, which helps immensely because they're good sized pieces of furniture mm-hmm. for the basement. Um, we refused to take a door off. So <laughs> that was fun because we realized, you know, the extra inch would have essentially made that way easier, but yeah. And we found out like right before we were done, we're like, we should yeah. probably should have taken that off. So when you go buy furniture, do you go like sit on every couch or do you not sit on it if you don't like it? No. So if we don't like the design of the couch, then we don't even sit on it. And once it passes the initial visual test, we then measure it. And if the measurements fit, then we sit on it. Sitting on the couch is the last thing we do. Um, Because at the end of the day, most of them are going to be comfortable, Mm -hmm. especially if they're in the store. And then, you know, from there, we just make sure that it, it fits, the color scheme fits, and we can design it the way that we want, which is nice because adding a chaise or an armless um, end yeah. to a piece of furniture, you, you want it to make sense with the flow of the room. Kind of going to what you just said, you like to measure to make sure it fits in the space, but we don't measure to make sure that it can fit through the door. Yep. Nailed it. <laughs> I mean, it did, but barely. Yeah. So... Uh, the other fun stuff was it was super dry outside. Uh, there 100%. was no rain at all. And then we obviously had con- we had no concerns, rather, driving down the road. Um, everything was definitely strapped down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was super to code. So it was a really, really nice, convenient <laughs> drive. Well, your couch came in three different pieces. The one so did. That was part of it, yeah. Yeah, and then the love seat was just a bundle of joy where it's like, figure it out. That's the one that we actually had more problems with. Was the love seat? It was a nightmare, <laughs> and everything they just jam everything in there and then wrap it in this terrible plastic. Like, figure it out, man. Yeah, like YOLO. Yeah, this won't stop water, but good luck. Exactly. So, when you do, you prefer the love seat or do you prefer the sectional that you got? So we added a piece of furniture as well. Oh, you did. Yeah. So there was a chair in um, my office, and we moved that downstairs, and then. Now that we have everything organized downstairs with a section on the love seat, the ottoman that's in the living room, we brought into the basement as well. So now we have a chair and a half with an ottoman plus the love seat plus the sectional. Oh, cool. It's, it's a nice setup. It's cozy. So Colleen lays out on the, on the sectional. I'm in my chair and a half. And then I got the, because now that it's winter, the patio furniture is inside. So I grabbed one of the the tables right from that furniture set and it's like a nightstand so now i just put my drink on that and hang out there you go Cozy, so you man. bought these two new furniture pieces and you don't even use it you use the chair yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i did fall asleep on the sectional watching a show with um with colleen already yeah. so i do i mean i sit on it it's comfortable but i prefer the chair in half it's it's my man oh, chair yeah yeah every man has to have a recliner or some sort of massive chair yeah I don't know why it's it's a power move i think well yeah it's you're essentially asserting dominance in your space and then i'm the only one allowed here exactly and people know it too the (laughs) we also made a big move we got rid of direct tv 
Um, so with DirecTV, it was perfect for what we wanted it for initially. We had them for a while. And streaming downstairs was its own feat that we had overcome um, because having the setup in the basement the way it is, if we can't watch a game, mm-hmm. it negates the entire point of the basement. True. So we had to figure out something that would work with what we had. And because we're using an Apple TV and then apps and streaming everything through a projector to watch it on the screen, we had to figure out something that would be conducive for that, um, which ended up being Spectrum, which surprisingly, you know, joining in on their monopoly, we actually saved over like 80 bucks a month or something ridiculous. So are you doing the pick 10? No. no. So we have, um, we have their internet anyways, just because of where we are. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up just adding their like basic cable. But then once we started talking to the woman setting up our account, she understood what our overall intent was. And she goes, why don't you just get streaming then? But the question that we have is if we have their cable, do we have to pay for their streaming as well? Because if you have their cable, then you can download the app. But I don't know if you can use the app if you just have cable and you don't pay for streaming. So that's one of our questions. Or could you pay for just streaming and not pay for cable? Right. So we're still working through that, but we don't really care. I mean, we ended up canceling DirecTV, which was unbelievably painless, which is a miracle because typically it's surprising. very difficult to get away from DirecTV. Typically they'll hit you with like contact or contract fees and all this craziness, but it was fine. And then um, watch, now they watch your account in like a month. Well, we'll take it all out. Yeah, basically. But they, um, the only thing that she warned us about the the customer service rep for DirecTV was make sure you ship your equipment back because if you don't, then we're going to charge you mm-hmm. for equipment fees that you ended up basically keeping. Um, so we're like, all right, that's fine. So we'll just ship everything back because I don't send texts anywhere anymore. Yeah. So that's fun. Do you? So Tom has the same thing that you're saying with Spectrum. He has internet from them, but then they have this package called You Pick Ten, which you download on an app, and then you select ten channels that you want in addition to the local channels, and then you can just get that for like 25 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. So do you, like what channels do you watch? Are you a are you a TV person? No, it's yeah. not necessarily me. It's more Colleen. Gotcha. So she'll have her, you know, her other shows, but granted she can watch most of her shows through other apps like mm-hmm. Hulu or whatever. Um, but it's also just a convenience thing. Like if we have people over, which typically we do, then it's just nice to have other channels that people can just choose from and make themselves comfortable. So it's it's not even more or less for us. It's just for other, everybody else. Yeah, and not to have to worry about service either. Exactly. I mean, if you have the streaming service, one of the big things with me is that if the Wi-Fi goes out or something, then we're screwed. Yeah. So you can't watch anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's nice. I, I can't believe you were paying that much for DirecTV, though, that it saved you that much switching to Spectrum. Yeah. Yep. You don't normally see that switch. Normally, it's the other way around. Absolutely. Because Spectrum's a disaster but if you already have their wi-fi then it's whatever right cool and that's that's a benefit most people just keep verizon um like verizon's internet but then they don't get their tv they'll Mm -hmm. get just spectrum's tv and then that's when they'll jack you up but when you bundle and you just jump into the monopoly feed first then you're you're good to go it's crazy how much of a monopoly all those companies have oh yeah it's like perfect Mm -hmm. you're gonna force me to pay for all this stuff i it's the last place they made me pay for like a landline Right. To get the bundle. I'm like, when am I ever going to use a landline? When has anybody ever used a landline? I still have my parents' landline like on my phone. But in my ex- my mom's house, I believe, still has a landline. But do your parents still have a landline? Do they use it? Mm, I don't believe so. I don't even ask. That's how long it's been. How do landlines get... This might be a stupid question, but yeah, how do they I get don't, paid? I don't, 
What do you mean get like, paid? Like companies that run the landlines. Like with cell phone, they data mine, but you can't really data mine like a, a landline. Can you? I don't think so. They're not recording your conversations. That's legal. Yeah, I don't know. Let's ask Edward Snowden. He probably knows. Oh, goodness. But when did landlines become obsolete? That's a question for Google. Let's see. Because I have no... I would guess early 2000s. When was the last time you made a phone call off of a landline that's not through work? Yeah, and I've never been to jail, so... (laughs) I have, so... Can't come within 500 feet of a playground. (laughs) (laughs) Or school. Just kidding. Um... When did landlines phase out? I'm going to guess 2013. I mean, they still exist, but like. Well, that's what's tough. Like, they never officially phased out. When did you get your first cell phone? The beginning of high school, and it was a big thing. Really? Because my older sister had to wait like eons to get her first cell phone and i think i was like a freshman in high school and i got mine and the reason was for my parent was well he's always gone with friends mm. and it was like kind of a dig where she's like well that's fine like i don't have i don't have friends, friends. But it's yeah it's fine yeah <laughs> mike's a popular one what was your first phone do you remember yeah it was a, a verizon flip phone it was red i can't remember the model uh, my buddy had the same phone I just always laughed when you accidentally hit the wrong button and you started connecting to the internet mm-hmm. and then you're just like hitting end. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, like 400 times. That happened all the time. Speaking of landlines, what was your AIN screen name? Because that was the best thing in the world is dialing into internet, logging into AIM with all your friends. Yeah, I don't remember mine. I just remember my sister's um, because it's still a running joke. But I, I don't remember. I think it was just like first initial last name and... um. Two two eight two or no? Eight, it, two, eight, I don't eight. think there were numbers involved. I can't remember what it was. I mean, I'm sure a number was involved, but I can't. Rem- it's not what it is now. Mine was Carid six two five, which is my name and birthday backwards. I just always remember my away message not being status quo. Like yeah. I never said, you know, BRB or GTG. Like I just, I was like, not here. <laughs> like I spelled it out. I was so awkward. Like I'm not going to use like the hip lingo. <laughs> Like I'm, just, I'm not present at this time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're necessary. Uh, my away message was always lyrics. And I, since I was an emo kid in high school, which is crazy to think about now, I think about that way too frequently, is how awkward I was in high school. I mean, yeah. I'm still awkward, but how awkward I was in high school. And I had like the long flip hair. Like you had to keep going like that to get it out of your eyes, wearing all black stud belts and everything like that. Like, I was a nerd. <laughs> And I, I wouldn't say a nerd. It was younger. just a different group of people. Yeah. So my away message was always like, so cut my wrist and black my eyes. And really? You yeah. would quote Hawthorne Oh, my Heights? God, yeah. Dude, that was the biggest band back then. I, I wouldn't say biggest. What? You would literally put Hawthorne Heights over my chemical rom- romance, Coheed and Cambria. Senses m- failed. Motion City soundtrack. They were all like in the same, yeah. And then I would go deep, like deep tracks, and put something really. Dude, even Simple Plan was way bigger yeah. than Hawthorne. Well, it's a different genre, though. Simple Plan is more pop. Hawthorne Heights is Ish. more death. I mean, <laughs> it's just a more emotionally distressed. Right. Yeah, which is what I was as a kid. But I went deep tracks, man. Like I, there was this band. The what was? I don't even remember what they were called. But it was La. Shoot, I don't know. I'll I'll have to post it. But it was. Please don't. It was a very very deep track, and the. the 
the lyrics were so like not good. Like they were really emotional. And everyone's like, "Are you okay? Like, what's going on?" And then you would send the message to like the girl in high school and like, "What's up?" And then she would put your away message up. She'd get it when she responds. She's like, "Okay, never mind." Yeah, essentially, you just force yourself out of that conversation with something <laughs> like that. Goodness. Yeah, it's good times. Good deep tracks. That, that was my favorite. And then back in, I mean, just because we're going down that route, how awesome! Like, I'm struggling figuring this out. But how do we learn how to code for MySpace? We like just the, ask people. I didn't ask anyone. We just figured, like, to put your background on, you're putting in, like, all these different numbers and letters and stuff like that, and you're like, boom, there's a picture of a river. It's like, what? How did I do that? I remember... I'm going to put a media player in here somehow, and it's like, boom, there it is. Yeah, I was never, obviously, intellectually sound enough to do that on my own. <laughs> so I would just ask people, because I was never afraid to ask a question. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, how did you do that? And they're like, well, it's really easy. You just jump into the HTML. I'm like, I'm the what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, man, you just dropped this in. And they, they like showed it to me once. And then once I did it myself, I'm like, oh, that's not hard. Yeah. And then I did it. But it took, you know, it took Mike some time. But that's fine. That's fine. Dude, I remember, I vividly remember crying when I passed a math exam in middle school because I passed. I was awful at math. I'm still awful at math. Yeah. yeah. Check out like episode seven or something. <laughs> I was, dude, it's just, it's so hard. And I don't understand how people make it so easy. Like when you, when you use simple multiplication with bigger numbers and you're like, yeah, but just break it down. Like, you know, six times two is 12 and then you just move zeros. I'm like, what about commas though? <laughs> and they're like, I can do the like, zeros. It's just the commas really yeah, throw me off. Like everybody just finds a way to break down math to make it super simple. I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I don't know how you do that. My brain just don't work like that. Same with engineers. I don't understand how those people look at an image like this. It's 2d and then draw it 3d, but they know that the back of it has like a random 90 degree angle and they just add that like it's nonchalant. Like, dude, I can't force something 2D to be 3D in my brain and vice versa. I can't make something 3D 2D except like a square and a cube. <laughs> like I can't do or a cylinder. Like I can't do it. Like you just have to think what it'll look like when you look at it. I'm like I, I'm going to go play football. Like that's why well, I liked working out because it was bench press 135 six times. Yeah. Okay, I will do that. And if I can't, I will work up to the point of me being able to do that. Like it's not. But also, once you get deeper into working out, you understand that there's so many physics and math involved in working out. Like the angle of like push or pull yeah affects how your muscles react right and twisting and turning and doing all that doing the salsa in the middle of the gym floor like all of that you have to have some sort of math knowledge i mean you might not think that you do but you're doing it yeah and most meatheads just memorize mm -hmm. what the weight is like oh that's 405 that's 315 exactly. and it's just like you just know yeah like, oh i just threw all 45s on i'm like all right well mine is like a five and a five equals 10 so i'm good have you ever seen those 3d pens that like you draw and then it comes out as a solid. Have I'm gonna throw those? up. Don't no no. I'm gonna get sick. Yeah, you you can like draw and you can like bring it up because it creates a solid. It's like not ink. It's I don't even know what it is, but it's you write with matter. Yeah, I can't. It no. like comes out. 
That's very strange. It's kind of like super glue. Not really, but like, it's because it's not sticky. So it's a terrible analogy. But you know how when you squeeze it and then that stuff comes out, it sounds really weird. But you like keep drawing 3D objects and it connects and then it stays. You're drawing Legos, man. I'm not into that. We'll get you one. Yeah, that's very... Send me a link after this, because now I'm curious, but I don't know how that operates or works or whoever thought of that. Like, that's, that's it's the like same melt, thing. It's, it, okay, so it's melting plastic, I'm pretty sure. So you have a pen that's melting the plastic into a liquid, and then as you're squeezing it out, it forms to a solid. So that's how it's building it. And so you're, like, writing with a soldering? Basically. That's weird. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's not for everybody. It'll Clearly. Be, it'll be here Wednesday, so I'll show you. Perfect. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, how was your week? That was good, man. I mean, I helped you out. We just hung around the house. The Bills won, so that was a great time. Um, and we're exhausted. Yeah, I mean, I Gina. It was so funny. She was saying the other day. She's like, I don't like that. She loves that the Bills are good. She's a huge Bills fan, the biggest Bills fan. But she said, I don't like that the Bills are so good because now I have to stay up late all these times because we have primetime games. I mean, the next three games are in primetime, right? Like the Steelers is primetime. The Broncos. I don't know if the Broncos. Not, it's oh, on a Saturday. I mean, technically, they're it's nationally primetime. televised games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not a late game. Right. But I mean, we have these games that start at eight fifteen now. So now we got to stay up until eleven thirty. It's exhausting. I'm too old for that, man. I woke I up the other day and I'm like, I tore an ACL somehow. I don't know how that happened. My knee just started swelling up. I'm like, what happened? What did I do? Probably just took a knee somewhere, like on a rock. But why? I don't know, man. We're old. This is what happens. I don't like that. What is what is that age that like your body just stops? I feel like my body just stopped. What's interesting is you won't be in your best shape physically or mentally until like mid 40s. And a lot of people think it's 35, 36. I was going to think that it's, it's 25, 26. Yeah, it's not. Really? Yeah. So if you continuously work out, there's a lot of people that have, that have like come out and have been saying this um but one of them is pat mack where like in in his entire life the best shape he was ever in was when he was 45 physically and mentally like he was very mentally sound he understood concepts faster mm-hmm. he in a, a lot of it he attributes to life experience where he can correlate it back to sure. something that he's already experienced before so it made sense um but even physically like the guy works out every day anyways but yeah like you're just it's all different. Yeah. You don't go from powerlifting, you know, when you're twenties. It's all like functional fitness and you'll feel better. So you're developing yourself from the core out. Sure. Right. If you live in a lifestyle that allows you to do that where you're learning something continuously every day, then yeah, you're going to continue to get smarter until you're in your fifties. I mean, like look at Joe Rogan. He's so much smarter now because he's interviewed fifteen hundred people on his podcast for three hours each. You're going to get smarter there. Yeah. And then he's just a unit himself. So he's probably in one of his best physical shapes just because he trains jujitsu and all that stuff. But no doubt. I mean, that is just if you continue doing what you're doing, you're going to get smarter. Yeah. But what's funny to me, and it's interesting that we bring this up. I was thinking about this the other day. You and I with this podcast are basically documenting a week of our life. Two times, two times a week, we're documenting that for until this podcast is over. So you and I are going to be able to sit down and watch us age. Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah, absolutely. I was super high when I thought, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's I don't smoke. So um, just thought I'd throw that out there. But we're literally, like, from the start, like, I was thinking about that because of my gray patch and my beard here. 
I'm like, when did that start? And I'm like, this is a couple, weird. It was a couple. It was like a few months ago. Yeah, I'm like, this is weird that I can go back and figure out when I started going gray in my beard because we've been documenting all of this going forward. That's creepy. Oh yeah, it's awful, and it's never going. <laughs> it is. I mean, dude, think about it from a security standpoint. Like yeah. our f- cyber footprint is massive now. Not massive. <laughs> It's massive. Dude, we're in over 20 states in over 30 countries. Yeah. It's way bigger than what you and I want to believe mm-hmm. and continuously think. Well, joke's on everybody because I have like $2 in my bank account. So if you end up hacking me, you're not going to get much. So yeah. go for Mike. Yeah. So. Oh. <laughs> I have a dollar twenty-five. There you go. So, Perfect. Yeah, you're the rich one here. It's just very, very strange that we're doing that and we're okay with it. Yeah. I mean, it's too late now. Well, yeah, I mean, we can't stop. Damn. We have a table with a logo in it. Yeah. So. And we're making some great progress outside. I mean, we just hit 200 subscribers on YouTube. So, everybody, thank you so much for subscribing. If you're not subscribed yet, please subscribe. And we also are nearing 800 on Instagram. That 1,000 mark on Instagram is going to feel so great. Yeah, I just don't want to lose it. Yeah. It's so easy to lose followers but for, like, been, absolutely no reason. Sure, but we've been gaining a lot. Like, our obviously, how much we gain versus how much we lose, as soon as we get to, like, 100... Or a thousand and ten, we're not going to go back down. Yeah, probably not. Challenge accepted for everybody. Just yeah. start unfollowing us. Well, yeah, everyone. Now we're down to like five <laughs> followers, but whatever. But yeah, no, it's exciting. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff coming out, so I think that'll help too. Oh yeah. All right, man. You want to get into the whiskey section? <sighs> let's do. It. There's there's some good content here. Oh, so yeah. yeah, let's dive into it. What are we thinking, man? How's that whiskey? What do we got? So this is Devil's River barrel strength. And there's a lot to discuss here because it's not your average barrel strength. Um, so it's 58.5 ABV, which is 117 proof. Jesus. So this will knock you down. Yeah. All right? So Beep. It's been 30 minutes and we haven't taken a beep yet. That's not totally accurate. There's, the beep's coming back, guys, just so you know. Yeah, but there's audio tests and there's some other stuff in there. Already hammered. <laughs> I think the gray in your beard is disappearing. Yeah, I'm just going back in time. This is making you youthful. <laughs> All right, so for Devil's River um, and this whiskey, their barrel strength has won 12 medals. This is making my mouth go all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's so okay. good, though. Yeah, it's just, it's hot. Mm-hmm. All right. So 12 medals from multiple prestigious competitions, including a gold from the Asian International Beverage Competition and the Best 50 in New York. Asian International Beverage Competition? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? It's Devil's River, man. True. This is very good. It is. So, company background, we've discussed a bunch. All things Devil's River. Yeah, so if anybody doesn't know yet, we've done all of their products, basically. (laughs) We've done their bourbon, their rye, their coffee bourbon, and now their barrel strength. So, if any of that interests you, if barrel strength isn't necessarily your cup of tea or a cup of whiskey... Uh, we, uh, did those already. So go back and check them out. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm, I'm literally so going to mute you from the other side of the table. <laughs> but yeah, so we have uh, all their other products that we've done reviews on. Go check out a link in our bio to go to our whiskey review spreadsheet where you can go check out what we rated all of those and then also watch the clip and also some cocktails that go with it. So I apologize, Mike. I just wanted to jump in there. That's fine. So Devil's River moved. Um, however, they are still maintaining their roots. Um, so what I mean by that is in a previous episode, I think it was for their rye, we dove into how they're going to be moving to San Antonio, Texas. Mm-hmm. And officially, January 2021, <clears throat> they're going to open, which is big. So this actually came out today, uh, which is December 8th. Oh, sweet. So with this, I mentioned a few things that they're going to be doing at the new distillery, but it it's an all-encompassing Devil's River building that's also a distillery. So it's their headquarters um, and a few other things, which we'll touch on here. So they are now distributing in 29 different states which is great all out of san antonio and the new facility is going to feature a gift shop a rooftop venue featuring live music and a full program of prohibition era cocktails and they're going to serve appetizers on a rotating menu which i think is a really good idea yep um the distillery is also going to be the company's hq and distilling location which is nice and they will be on eats Eats. There's the first Mikeism in a long time. <laughs> They're going to be on East Hudson Street in San Antonio. Uh, their hours are going to be posted on their website, which if you are in the area, uh, their website is devilsriverwhiskey.com. You can also follow them on their social media with their handle Devils R Whiskey on Instagram and Devils River Whiskey on Facebook, LinkedIn, etc. So having all of their story already touched on i just wanted to give that update but essentially devil's river is a physical river in texas for those that don't know um it's got a very high limestone content which is prime for filtering and distilling whiskey um and then it essentially makes the whiskey smoother which is why limestone is huge with other distilleries like jack daniels and things like that so we'll talk about it a little bit later during the rating segment but did that label get darker like the actual picture of the river get darker to signify a more heavier and higher proof whiskey we'll see we'll dive into it yeah, i'll have to i'll have to look at the other ones in yeah. there um interesting we need to and we will eventually go down to devil's river i'm i want to do that for the podcast i don't know when it'll be because just whenever you and i have time i have 1456 weeks of vacation you have about a half so i don't know if we really can next year but one of these weeks we have to go down there to get to go one interview him um oh well yeah and just to go and experience that place because i feel like they're doing something crazy there we've talked about it all the time but i i really want to go down yeah i'm excited the the opportunities are endless for devil's river but their products so far have been extremely consistent Mm -hmm. so it's it's nice um and they have one two three four five different products right now the only one that we haven't had is the single barrel straight bourbon we've just done their straight Oh, okay so that's it but everything else we've crushed so yeah i mean that's that's the update they're officially going to open up the new distillery that's exciting yeah that's very cool uh yeah we'll have to get that single barrel in if they're still doing that 
Um, just to touch on that consistency aspect, we've talked about that multiple times about how we like when companies stay consistent. One of our biggest things is Briar Brothers. Like you, the flavor is going to taste different, but the consistency of how the beer first interacts with you is always the same, regardless right. of what beer you have for them. Same with Devil's River. It's always the same, regardless of what product you're having. It's just the intricacies that happen after that initial taste is what drives you into the direction of, oh, this is the, this is the uh, barrel strength. This is the rye. This is the coffee. I, I just love it. I love Devil's River products. Me too. It's very cool. All right. You ready? Want to get into the cocktails? <clears throat> oh, man. Drop to be for the cocktail section. Cocktails. I was going to add a little reverb into there, but that was too much for me right there. Yeah. We spent money on this new equipment. We're going to use it. I don't want to. <laughs> so <laughs> my cocktail is the Barrel and Berry. It's two ounces of the Barrel Proof Devil's River Whiskey, uh, three-quarter ounce lemon juice, half ounce of elderflower syrup, and four to five muddled seasonal berries. And you garnish it with a cherry and lemon peel. Nice. It's pretty classy. Yeah. I like it. What kind of a glass did it show you? Just a regular rocks glass? Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, mine is, this looks like a Collins glass. It is the Devil's River Barreled Hat. And the ingredients for this one are two ounces of Devil's River Whiskey Barrel Strength, one ounce of Sweet Vermouth, three Fee Brothers Chocolate Bitters. I'm assuming that's three dashes of Fee Brothers Chocolate Bitters. And then you garnish with a lemon twist. You stir all ingredients over ice, strain into a chilled martini glass. I apologize. It was not a Collins glass. And then you enjoy it. (laughs) That does not look like a martini glass at all, but no? whatever. Not even close? Nah, but it's fine. Well, what are you going to do? To be honest, I don't even really know what a Collins glass is. I just kind of threw that out there. We're going to figure it out right now. What is a Collins glass? I think it's a tall, skinny glass. Yeah, that's what this looks like. Yeah. It's uh, it's like an oversized shooter. Shooter? Shooter McGavin. I'm excited to rate this thing, man. <clears throat> it's a nice light color, too, for a barrel strength. Not mean. Yeah. Okay, so this one did have a stem at the bottom, a little tiny stem. So, okay, I'll give it to them. But martini, I think of the like the triangle. Yeah. This wasn't you. that what that was. Who? <laughs> what happened? Did I just have a stroke? Are you good? It's 12 degrees inside here, so Are I'm kind of losing some fingers. You cold? feeling in my fingers? Yeah, a little bit. I can't wait till we get a permanent setup, man. I am so sick of being in the garage all You know, the time. I'm curious to know why we get so much flack for being in a cold garage. You know, let us just enjoy our process. Right. All right. This is what we're building step by step. We're going to look back and laugh when we have a permanent cigar lounge inside of our studio space. Damn right. We have a permanent cigar lounge. We have a permanent gym. People are going to be using our spot all the time. We're keeping our old equipment that way. When we do get a permanent setup, we can then lease out our space for up and coming podcasts in the Buffalo area, which is going to be sick. We'll talk about that offline. We're going to do it. Well, then we need we'll to just... pay for this lease somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Things gonna cost more than our mortgage, right? Probably. That's fine. Yeah, I, I would totally be okay with living in a studio. Oh my god, yeah. Are you kidding? We just need twelve foot ceilings so we can golf. Still, that's all I care about. <laughs> I don't care about anything else. I just need to be able to swing a club, or at least practice swing a club. I don't even need to hit a ball. I just need to practice. You know, like we're gonna be out in the practice. middle of nowhere. We'll just go outside. 
That's what I'm saying, man. We talked about this before. We need two mansions out in the middle of Eden, and then in the middle of our houses, there's an underground tunnel that goes into a bunker that we have for our studio. Put Joe Rogan to shame. Yeah, and there's no outside noise then when you're 40 feet underground. Damn right. What are you going to hear? The tectonic plates moving? Some earthworms? You might, yeah. You might hear that. Well, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) If we keep digging, we might go to China. China. So now, should we rate this thing? Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Label branding. Dude. Yes, the... The picture is different f- from the other bottles. Did you and look at it? The other bottles? I'm staring at it right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hello? I wish... I, I <sighs> What? I just want shelves back. Can you relax? This is two degrees. All right. Sorry. <laughs> so, Continue. <laughs> same thing from before. Uh, they go over their story on one side. Then they have their government warning on the other side because, you know, alcohol is bad. It's is that not, a red moon? It's really too? good for your soul. I thought it was a wax seal, but no, it's a red moon. So is that the same as their other products? I got to look up the other products. Why don't you confirm. just grab the bottle behind you on that table? Uh, it's in there. Oh, well, don't do that then. You yeah. move stuff on me. Well, I got yelled at because I don't clean enough from you, so... Well, that's true. Sometimes right. I got to lay down the law, yeah, you know? Good point. So label branding, I'm still going to go A++. I like what they do. It's consistent. It's smooth. It's easy to see. <clears throat> um, and it's not harsh on thy eyes. So A++. Hopefully this pen works. Um, we're sitting in 12 degrees, so we're going to play this game. <laughs> if anybody hears some random fabric moving in the background, it's just my coat. So don't be hating. Yeah, take the coat off. What are you, new here? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> Didn't you hear my teeth chattering when you talk? All right, so it looks like the picture is the same. It's not the same. I'm telling you right now, it's the same. I'm looking at it. It's not the same. It looks the exact same. Nope. Yep, still a red moon on all their products, except for their coffee bourbon, because their coffee bourbon had the bean grinder on top, which I loved. But the picture of Devil's River itself is the same throughout. I would have liked to see, that would be a very cool thing to do, is incorporate that, the... This is darker. Moon. No, it's not, dude. I'm telling you right now. Nah. All right. Uh, incorporate the color of the moon is the color of the label. So, like, that one would be brown, the rye be green. That would be sick to tie it in. Well, they got the strip on the bottom. Yeah. So now they got a brown strip and then a green strip for the rye, a red strip for their straight. Yep. Now they got a brown strip for the barrel strength. And then a brown strip for their coffee, too. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. So, so they're doing some stuff. Yeah. No, I like it. I, I do love that picture. I like that they keep it on. I like that they still have the trident. I mean, it's a very typical Devil's River. I like the, um, hello? The, what are you doing? <laughs> the, the bottle it came in. I kept wanting to say barrel. Yeeks. So I'm, what was the hand motion for? Don't worry about it. That's what I do to Cleo all the time. Just like say, hey, Cleo. Um, well done. <laughs> That's a dog for the new listeners. Yeah, I like the bottle that it's in. We've talked about this a lot. Bottles matter to me, especially when you're talking about the typical bourbon bottles that you see. I don't like that typical scotch bourbon or the scotch whiskey bottle that is like your typical bottle and then it tapers off at the top. Um, Hartman's is nice because it's thinner and that's where our water is coming out of for everybody that's wondering why we give Hartman's a plug every single time. Uh, but the Devil's River is interesting because it has a unique bottle shape, which I like. Mm-hmm. And all their products have that same exact size and same bottle shape. Also, hashtag not a sponsor to literally anybody. So we have no sponsors. So don't. Don't think all this stuff is just 
I don't I don't even know what to tell Except you. Except for Anchor. Real quick, before we... No. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> if you don't know what I just did, uh, go check out Spotify and you'll hear. Um, but yeah, so what, did we give a rating already for it? Uh, for label branding, we gave A++. A++. Okay, perfect. All right, nose. What do we got for nose? Caramel up front. It's very, very heavy caramel. In the nose? Yeah. I agree. I'm getting some, um, almost like a rye blast, but I think it, it's just like pepper. I don't necessarily know if it's, I'm actually like smelling a, the ingredient of. Like a baking spice, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like a caramel vanilla baking spice up front? In the nose. In the yeah. nose. Mm-hmm. I agree. A plus plus. A plus. A plus. This is surprising because for 117, you would expect way more ethanol. Absolutely. And you're not getting that. No, not even in the taste. Initial taste, I'm getting the oak from the barrel. A faint amount of wood sugars, nothing crazy. There's the honey. I'm for sure tasting honey. Mm -hmm. And then... A little bit of vanilla on the ending of the initial taste before the ending note. Ending note, I'm only getting one thing, um, but it's a very nice finish. I'm kind of getting like a... It's oily. Like a graham cracker in the ending of the initial taste. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's exactly how you described it. And then kind of like going down into that ending note, I'm getting the little bit of graham cracker. It's very good. I like it a lot. Now I want dessert. Right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go A+. Plus. A+. Plus. I agree, I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree, I agree. Ending note? Yeah, what's this note you're getting? Uh, just baking spice. That's it. With a lingering oak and then... Because it's it's a pretty consistent tasting profile from the beginning to the end. And then there's, coincidentally enough, like very, very, very small hints of a burn. But there's almost no burn. This is a very dangerous whiskey because I don't know. you don't get that high proof burn to it. Yeah, I don't know if that's a legit sign that I have a problem or... Like for 117, I should probably just be like, I just drank fire. And I- it is though. It is a problem that we have because I've talked to a lot of people that are trying to get into whiskey now, and they're like, some of this stuff is way too hot that you're suggesting. I'm like, I don't know. Man up then. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, um, just be an athlete and shove it down your gullet. <laughs> I'm kind of getting a little bit of a cherry too. I'm not. Or like a really dark, dark cherry. Why's it got to be dark? Because regular cherries don't taste like much. It's not true whatsoever, but this is a heavy oil. This is good, man. A plus any note. A plus check mark any note. I like the any note a lot. I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree, I agree. Final rating. Right. <clears throat> Give me that countdown. Do I turn the reverb up? Just kidding. All right. Oh, brother. <laughs> Three, two, one ninety-five. Okay. 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 What do you got? Come on. We just talked about Come math. On. Come I, on. 92.5. There you go. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> 
So that is our review for Devil's River Barrel Strength. If you want to go pick this up, literally all of your liquor stores, especially in the area of Buffalo, have it. Um, and they also have a very interactive map on their website that directs you to different liquor stores within whatever state you're in. So if you're interested in going to pick up Devil's River products, I highly suggest it. All of their products are excruciatingly reasonably priced. They're very, very cheap for the quality that you're getting. This, this is why we continue to recommend them because they're such a good product at such a great price. Yeah. Their straight bourbon is incredible. Do you know um, what that also is? Also is their rye. This is one of their more expensive Isn't? options. Yeah. Uh, offhand, I don't remember because this was we got this a while ago. Yeah. We can look it up from Addie's. Um, Addie's. <clears throat> because, yeah, this is just something that... We've said this multiple times before. You should have a Devil's River product in your bar at all times. Correct. And replace it, like replace your Jack Daniels or your Jim Beam or something that is way, way, way too over. Like everybody has it. It's it's over commercialized. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Um, Way too over commercialized. Get yourself a bottle of Devil's River instead because you're going to get a better taste for even a cheaper price than that. Right. I, I love their products. Let me look to see. Yeah, their typical is. price points like thirty to forty bucks a bottle, and they have a lot of options regarding like all different sorts of things. Their um, what I mean by that is their coffee bourbon is great, just because it's it's a bourbon up front and then a, a coffee after, so it's not yeah. up front coffee. It, it's a nice blend. So the Devil's River regular bourbon is thirty four ninety nine. The rye whiskey is twenty nine ninety nine, so mm-hmm. it's cheaper, which is very strange. You would normally see in the area, maybe because of the Empire Rye label to it, but normally you see rye be a little bit higher. And then the Devil's River um, barrel strength is only thirty four ninety nine, so it's the same price. Oh no, kidding! I thought it was higher. I could have sworn bourbon. it was higher. Maybe it was I mean, just because just, of the store. Yeah, that's from Addie's. Yeah. So uh, if you want to go pick up a bottle and you're interested in that, uh, go hit up Addie's. They've been great for us. And um, they have all the Devil's River products in stock. So um, go on their website, check it out, and go get yourself a bottle of Devil's River. Boom. You ready to go into the history of Buffalo segment? Let me actually pull it up because I don't even have it up yet. Yeah. The initial blast of research was, like, extremely nil. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about it. We can expand. Is this the start of it right here? That's mm-hmm. it. Isn't that funny? That Literally the, all of it. All right. Let's uh, – sorry. I was just going to say something, but let's just dive right in. So the History of Buffalo segment, for everybody that hasn't been following us so far, we do a segment mini-series in each of our episodes for the past eight episodes, where we go through the history of the Buffalo area, starting at the pre-colonization, which uh, involved the Native American Indians that occupied the land before the first Europeans came. And now we are on episode eight, which is the recovery, which covers a period of 2010 to the present. Which is interesting that there wasn't too much information on that, because that is literally what we're living right now. Yeah. So we're just going to dive into it and see where it takes us from here. So go for it, Michael. The area was not as significantly affected by the Great Recession from 2009, I'm sorry, 2007 to 2009, as much of the nation was, in part because the city never experienced the major housing bubble that other cities did. Uh, the canal side neighborhoods started developing in 2010 with an uptick in construction projects, including the Lecom Harbor Center, which was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually work with one of the engineers that was a part of that project. 
Um, so I can expand on that a little bit, but he, he did a lot of work more for canal side, which is coming up in a minute. So governor Cuomo announced the Buffalo billion initiative in 2012 to help change the psychology in the region. Uh, Tesla now operates the Giga New York factory that was completed in 2016-2017, and the Buffalo Niagara Medical Campus has become a significant employer in the city. The city has also apparently had more success in recent years in retaining or attracting younger residents with a low cost of living being seen as a factor. A survey of Western New York residents in December to, uh, 2018 found that a remarkable 87% of residents believe the area was generally headed in the right direction. More so, I believe, because of Sean McDermott, not because of industry booming and the housing market. Yeah. Um, but essentially why that matters is because they we talked about it last episode but they literally stopped caring about the tax assessments being done for years and it was extremely outdated so we were essentially behind the times Mm -hmm. and but i mean that benefited us from a property tax and a housing market correct because the taxes were lower than they are now Mm -hmm. which means people would be more enticed to go buy a house in buffalo rather than uh, to sell theirs. Yeah, like the property tax around the city of Buffalo is like two grand a year. Back then. Well, like still pretty current. Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's pretty low. Um, obviously, larger markets like South Buffalo with uh, Mile Strip and Elmwood Village they're, and Hurdle, like Larkinville, they're starting to increase uh, just because that's where most of the people are flocking to and that's the industry leaders but yeah i mean in general the the city was extremely cheap to live in um but not necessarily anymore because they just redid everything so that that whole piece there's a lot that we can dive into like the the canal side development was massive Mm -hmm. reintroducing canal side in the way they did with let's bring some entertainment factors into this area to build up the first ward, change the landscape of the city where mm-hmm. you can literally ride a kayak up into like the uh, Buffalo river works and stop, get a beer, keep going. Like they have paddle tours, they like all sorts of stuff, yeah. but river works was huge in that area's development. They have the rock wall going up the, the grain silos. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of other things happening around that. Plus general Mills is pumping out Cheerios. So it makes the whole city smell like it, but having canal sides development with uh or i'm sorry paired with the introduction of that kids science museum by the Mm -hmm. ralph wilson family that also changed pretty much everything because it's more reason to go down there than they have the the labat hockey the it's like a the hockey marathon every year that they do down at canal side the the pot hockey thing yeah Yeah. like that's massive so we're we're starting to generate more reasons why you should go downtown outside of like well i just want to go to pearl street get a beer and a burger Mm -hmm. or i'm just going to go see a sabers game or like even the cobblestone district is booming with lockhouse distilling um the comedy club like there's there's more reasons to go down now than before which is nice one thing that i really like about what buffalo has done within the last recent years is they turned thursday in the square to bringing it down to canal side which have you ever gone to thursday in the square back when it was at the square it was a nightmare Mm -hmm. it was first of all a pretty confined space because you're in the square like i remember i went to see dropkick murphy's there and i almost died (laughs) because a circle pit literally takes the whole square up so 
bringing that down to canal side and then charging a fee to get in. Yeah, it's five dollars, but five bucks is five bucks, man. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's it keeps some of the uh, people that aren't there to see the band out. It's not going to keep everybody out, but now it's a larger space that is more open so you can sit there and enjoy live music. That is one of the best things that I think that they did to start that canal side process is let's transition these bands that normally would play at Thursday in the square and that crowd that normally goes. I don't know about you because, but my mom used to go there all the time to Thursday in the square. It was her like night out Mm -hmm. regardless of who the band was. She didn't even care who was playing. She liked to go there because it was just to listen to live music. So now you're taking that constant crowd that goes there, bringing them to this developing um, canal side area and now revitalizing that whole place. So now people want to go down there for places or for things other than music. So that was one of probably my favorite things about the development of canal side that happened is just introducing that, stage that now people can perform on and now it's cool to go ice skating have you ever gone ice skating there not there no, no. i've i've gone ice skating but no I, I don't i've never gone there either for ice skating but it's a cool thing to do i mean i've people watched as i was going to whatever i was going to yeah you know you just pass it and you see everybody down there falling it's a good time <laughs> so what do you think before we dive into this next point what do you think about the bill stadium potentially going down there in the future to the canal side downtown west side area there is the the opinions and feelings that i have about it have been debunked so i'll start with that like i understand that my main points at this stage of the game don't necessarily make sense but i still believe them um and that's the amount of veins getting in and out of that area, it's very different from OP, um, where the stadium is now. You can't emulate what is possible in the South Towns downtown. Mm -hmm. You just can't. It's not as congested. And I know that it's going to be possible and it will work out. And there's tons of different side streets you can take, but even the public transport aspect isn't there yet. Like we don't have the public transportation in place. Say like New York city's public transport is New York city's Mm -hmm. right. So I'm not, I'm not comparing us to New York city, but what I will say is our public transport's not on the same vein as Cleveland, not on the same vein as Baltimore and their harbors and their downtown setup makes way more sense logistically for that now i do understand why people want it in the city it does make sense to have a stadium there um you know it's just going to be a scheduling conflict where which this has already been debunked i really don't care it's still my opinion if you have you know two things happening at once if you have a concert at key bank center where the sabers play Mm -hmm. and then you have the bills play it's just yeah, you're not going to find any no, I mean, park. Yeah, there's no parking lot. We just don't have it. And you kick everybody out of Section 8 and just demolish the buildings. Like, okay, right. sh- that's not done yet. And we don't have them. We're $63 billion in debt as a mm-hmm. state. We can't afford to do that right now. So I know it makes sense in the long run. But at this point in time, that's really why we are still in OPs because it doesn't make sense to move it where you can just make renovations at the Ralph. Yeah. But it's, 
It is what it is. Like, Buffalo is a hard-nosed city. If you want to play old-school, defense-heavy football, come play us in winter. We'll kick your ass. The fans are going to scream. We'll all be shirtless. Like, that's that's all right. Like, that's who we are. Yeah. That's our identity. And the the mainstream upgrade to the stadium, I know it's going to chap somebody's ass, but it – Listen, man, like there's other ways to skin the cat. And when people come to Buffalo, they know what they're getting into. It's an opened stadium Mm -hmm. that's outdated. And we're playing in your mouth football. And we're going to run it up your throats in terrible weather. And, you know, right now, our offense isn't great running the ball. But we're still going to do it because it's what we can do. And then if it's not the running back, it's Josh Allen keeping the ball and running it down your throat. Mm -hmm. Like it's that's who we are. So. In the future, I know what's going to happen. I just, you know what? Let's get out of sixty-three billion dollars in debt and have some surplus, and then we'll we'll reinvest into the city of Buffalo. But right now, we'll just do it from the ground up. There's not a ton of stadiums anymore where you have those open roof stadiums to get a winter game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the epitome of Buffalo during this time. Yeah, like what, what if we have a dome? What are we going to do? Leave it open? Right. Like let the, let the snow come in. Yeah. Like and like I understand so. What we should do, and the biggest thing that I see from people that are arguing to bring it downtown, because I'm one of those people that obviously want it to stay in Orchard Park. I don't want it to go downtown. There is too much that has to happen downtown to get it up to the standard that Bill's Mafia would want it to be, whereas we could make a year's worth of upgrades in our current stadium, go somewhere else, during the one year and then make all the upgrades to the current stadium, maybe build a hotel, get some investors to build hotels. That's the biggest thing is that people can't stay in hotels around there because you have the red roof in where you're probably going to get murdered. And just kidding. If you want to be on the podcast, let us know. But the red roof in right there, that isn't like the best hotel. People don't go there frequently and you have a holiday in what, like 10 minutes down the road. Mm -hmm. So if you can revitalize that section that it's in right now, Keep it off the beaten path so it's easy to go to. You can still tailgate, which is what makes Bill's Mafia Bill's Mafia, and you change the stadium. It. I just think that there's so many more pros to keeping it where it is rather than moving it downtown and having to change literally everything about Buffalo. Because the biggest thing is locals. Like, what are the locals going to do for the game? Right. Do you expect locals to spend $120 for a night to stay in a hotel? I mean, I'm sure some would if everything's downtown, but you can't expect seventy eight to 80,000 people to do that. And I, I understand the financial gains that would occur if the stadium was downtown. I, but why, though? But like, the what business happens- is downtown? What about the businesses in Orchard Park? Exactly. And what do you have, O'Neill's and Tim Hortons? Like, okay, dude, like, chill out. There's... If I'm literally going to go out on a limb here and say O'Neill's would be out of business if Buffalo Bills Stadium was not there. Well, no kidding. I mean, it wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. The other aspect that I think a lot of people are going to forget about is what happens to the old stadium lot, mm-hmm. like the land itself. What happens? Like what what replaces that? Does anybody have any idea? Has anybody come up with a legitimate solution to moving where then you have, I mean, what is that? 200 acres? Yeah. Of just pavement. You're going to throw and hotels out there? You might as well do it and keep the stadium there. Right. And there's an underground aspect to the stadium. It's mm-hmm. not just the the ground is the the field. Like, that's not – there's other stuff happening inside that stadium. Like, it is a huge overhaul. And then it's just 
Again, it does not make sense. Same thing with the convention center. Can the convention center get an upgrade? Of course, it was talked about before COVID. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and the county went broke. And now the state's broke. Well, more broke. Mm -hmm. So what are we going to do with the convention center, which needs a massive overhaul? Yeah. Like, we need to prioritize. I think there needs to be more events in the convention center in the first place. Well, yeah. Because right now I'm sick of just going to the auto show and that's it. Like, outside of that, there's no, like extremely publicized event that happens at the convention center. Nothing. Not that I know of. I yeah, can't think of I, anything off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't even know if their website works. Yeah, so how are you going to drive people to pay for something at the convention center to then upgrade the convention center if nothing goes there? Right. So it's kind of a, you have to invest, I guess, and take that loss first to get people to come. But I don't know. There's so much in the area that has improved in Buffalo, like Canal Side we were just talking about. Uh, but so much that can continue to improve without the dramatic change of moving the Bills Stadium downtown. Yeah. Just keep the Sabres there. Keep everything, the Bandits playing there. Maybe get a different, like a pro team. Like getting a professional baseball team. They've talked about that for eons too. The Toronto Blue Jays played here. That's still downtown. If we had a Buffalo professional baseball team, then we wouldn't have to move the Bills downtown because you would have another pro sports team right downtown. I can guarantee you the Bison Stadium right now is never at capacity. When is it at capacity? Yeah. Who's going to see the Bisons play? Right. I think it's at capacity when there's like the taste of country. Right. Or Uh, Wingfest. Right. Yeah. And now you have Riverworks, which is a better entertaining area to do that anyway. You don't need to go out on the baseball diamond. Let's make the changes to the things that are already there and then worry about moving the bills in the future. Yeah. We'll talk to Byron Brown. He'll be on an episode in the future. All right. You want to hit that second point? I can literally see my breath. So that's exciting. No, I already read it. Uh, but You did? Yeah. The next point that we can Nailed talk it. about is the Tesla plant, which if we want to talk about revitalizing things, um, you know, I'll just throw the dig in. But Cuomo making money on the Buffalo Billions isn't necessarily helping Buffalo. True. Um, and the Tesla plant is at like a quarter capacity. So... The like Samsung left, so there's a huge factory with open space that's not even being used, and they're like, oh, they're they're, they're building solar panels. Like, well, they're not. What they're doing there is they're building charging ports for mm-hmm. Tesla cars and shipping them around the world. That's what's happening there. Like, the Tesla plant and Tesla employs a lot of people around Buffalo. Um, obviously, it's a great company. It's it's Tesla, but at the same time, there's a lot of growth potential in that whole Mm -hmm. aspect of everything i mean it was just a it was a union nightmare building it nobody talks about it nobody knows about it except for people that are in the industry and now it's a quarter filled and there's a ton of vacancy space that needs to be filled and jobs need to be filled but if you know whatever the world does and if everything goes back to china then what are we going to do with it i think that in general buffalo is on the right path because the vacant buildings that are there are being occupied now, which I don't think would have happened if the revitalization of Canal Side ever happened. If Canal Side just took a dump. Like you're saying outside of Solar City? Correct. Yeah. Um, so everything, just because you were talking about the vacant area that is Solar City, um, if, like, for example, the H- old HSBC Tower, the biggest tower in Buffalo was vacant for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And then M&T decided to come and take it because of a, an investor coming in and buying that property to then market it out as office space. It's these things that I don't think would have happened if 
Canal side wasn't on the up and up because if they weren't, then there would be no reason for people to come to Buffalo. Yeah, and there was also a developer that bought the Adams Mark Hotel, called it something else, and then funneled money through it. Didn't really do anything except update the lobby for like a couple hundred grand and then walked away with a slush fund. And now he got like arrested for fraud. Perfect. Yeah. So like there's also that. Yeah, true. Um, you know, but even one of the th- one of the things that happened in this time frame, 2010 to present day, is Jim Croce passing. And he was a huge developer for the city of Buffalo. And his death is definitely going to impact things because he was the one that was about to dump a ton of money into the Statler Hotel. Yeah. And, and the Statler in general. Um you know, to bring in places like the Curtis and, and things like that. But, you know, now that he passed, it's on to some other developer who's got a ton of capital that can overhaul it. But who? Yeah. You know, like, what? what is the plan? Obviously, there's one in place. Like, they're starting now. Yeah. Um, but it's, there's, it's insane that when you look at 2010 to present day, you see a lot of growth. There's cranes in the air. There's new businesses. There is a massive resurgence. There's beer gardens and distilleries and breweries all over the place. But there's still so much room for progress that we can just capitalize on. It's just having the right pieces in play to make it all happen. Yeah, We've been building out Buffalo to account for that second bullet where it says in recent years we're retaining more and attracting younger residents. That is what our whole building out the city has been based off of. Mm Mm-hmm entertaining that's it we need to bring more corporate jobs here we need to bring more headquarters here and we the only way to do that honestly is probably from the top end of reducing taxes because there's going to be zero corporations that start in buffalo with the corporate tax rate in new york state correct so that that kind of goes back to everything too and who i mean when you ask somebody like who do you work for you hear the same four companies absolutely I mean, it's and like they're not headquartered here, really. Exactly. They're headquartered in Delaware, where there's no state income tax. Right. So I don't. I don't know. We'll we'll see where it goes from here. Um, but yeah, I think that Buffalo is definitely on the up and up since 2010, especially after that like 50 years of declining residency, uh, because people just tried to exit, and now it's kind of being a revitalization, and that whole theory of. Let's keep Buffalo a secret doesn't work if we're in debt. So we're not yeah. going to keep a Buffalo a secret. We want Buffalo to thrive, and the only way to thrive is to not keep it a secret. Secrets don't make friends. Right. There's there's just a lot of studies that don't help the second point as well. I mean, there's a huge study that came out that literally said people are moving out of western New York every two hours and 41 minutes. I don't know if that's so much younger residents that are trying to i mean i don't know the statistics it's a mixture of everything i feel like it yeah because they use the census so it's every demographic it's every race and gender it's it's all the things it's like a human being leaves western new york not just erie county where buffalo is but all of western new york every two hours and 41 minutes which a lot of it does equate back down to taxes because they know as soon as you leave the border your money goes 30 percent further yeah but it all brings it back to us which our entire point of this podcast is to highlight small businesses so that people understand what is happening here. So it gives them more incentive to stay and invest and help out the community because there's what's not discussed in 2010 to present is the people of Buffalo that made it get to that point of 2010 that then grew the resurgence through Buffalo. And it's literally just people that said enough is enough. I want a piece of the pie. Let's go out and crush it. 
And they're the ones working seven days a week, 365, 15 to 20 hour days, getting their hands dirty and growing their own business so that they can enjoy the life in Buffalo that they Mm -hmm. wanted to because the city does offer a lot of good things outside of, you know, different, like, just different entertainment things. Like, there's, there's shirts that you can buy where it literally tells you what is happening every single day in Buffalo for 365 days a year. Because something is happening. It's just on you to figure it out. Yep. Yeah. But it's – we'll see. I mean, all we can do is keep pushing, keep interviewing different businesses, and really promote what they're doing so that people understand how great the city is and we can avoid you know politics and awful taxes and everything else that's completely out of people's control – all we can do is just highlight the good people that make up Buffalo. 100%. The, the ones that donate $700,000 to Children's of Osha to help out Allen. You yeah. know, like, that's what matters. Yeah. So that being said, that is what our whole podcast is about, is just promoting these small businesses within Buffalo to help revitalize the Buffalo area. So if that's something that you're interested in, definitely hit that subscribe button because we are here for the people. We want to make sure that all of our uh, everything that we do is going to be Um, pass around to all of your friends, share that, and let's just continue to develop Buffalo in the way that we want to develop it. Go follow our Facebook page. Go follow our Instagram at the Buffalo Happy Hour 12 and subscribe to us on YouTube and share us with some friends. We really appreciate it. And uh, this has been episode 64, Mike. That's it, man. Be a good person. Drink responsibly. And Michael? Don't litter. We're out. time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.